0: Welcome to the Be Kind Podcast with your host,
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Be Kind podcast, part of the Animal Advocate's mission to create a more compassionate world for all living creatures, whether you live in the United States, live in the UK, or any other of the amazing countries in the world. All animals and creatures deserve to be loved, and we are working to make a world where everyone is loved with our work, especially this podcast and this episode in particular, because we are joined by Olivia from across the pond, as some people say, in the UK. So hi, Olivia. Hi, everybody. She's she joins us via Zoom after some technical difficulties that neither of us Ever seen before. That was really weird. It's very strange. (laughs) And she is a member of the Fat-Ass Vegans are Awesome Facebook group. And she had heard the episode we did with Lisa. And she said she want to come on and share her international perspective and help us expand our horizons. And so we were all for it and sent over some questions, some talking points, and got everything squared away. So, Olivia, I've talked enough this opening. So, without further ado, do you want to give us a little background on yourself and your vegan journey?
2: So, I originally went vegetarian when I was about 12-ish. Uh, My sister showed me some flyers of some animal testing and I remember it clearly. It was like a cat with some kind of electrodes in its head. Well, I was scared. I just remember crying and and then that was it. I was really put off. So I stuck with being a vegetarian for about 16 or 17 years. And the reason is I I did try and go vegan a couple of times. But those years ago, when you went shopping, there was barely anything. And, And it had to be from a health food shop. You couldn't get it in like general supermarkets. So you were really, really limited. It's not like now. And then I had like a bit of a phase where I ate some chicken and I felt horrendous. I even had like... Like nightmares about it. it it was like hard for me to admit to doing it even like it became like really shameful that I even tried it and same with fish as well like I tried some fish tried some chicken and and then I knew all along that the right thing to do was to go vegan so I did like Veganuary which I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard of which yep. is like a month challenge uh, and then since then I've I've stuck with it, so I think I'm about. It, it doesn't sound very long, but I'm about four months in, I think, now okay. to full vegan. That's
1: great, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you talked a little bit about the vegan options in the UK way back when, but how's the vegan community in the UK right now, both in terms of options and people's attitudes towards the lifestyle?
2: It has exploded. I have never seen a growth of a market like vegan food. You know, there was always like a, a lot of vegetarian food, like corn and but a lot of that contained egg. Now, the amount of vegan food is just massive. So like all major chain supermarkets, major chain restaurants sometimes now have a, like a total vegan menu plus the normal menu you know that was impossible years ago you used to go into a restaurant and you'd be lucky if you got one thing that you could eat even as a vegetarian it's just everywhere now and there's a lot of people who think it's a bit of a fad you know it'll go out of fashion it's too fashionable it's only trendy people that are following vegan diet but i think it's amazing <laughs> it's just so much choice absolutely spoke for choice now it's great
0: <laughs> that's awesome and it, it just goes to show this is becoming a worldwide thing because the same thing's happening here too like i've been vegetarian i was vegetarian for uh, like uh, 20 plus years and there was nothing it, like hardly anything anywhere and then all of a sudden boom within like the last decade it just exploded and now that veganism has become like a household name it's like you're seeing it in restaurants and you know all kinds of stuff so it's great that it's like definitely becoming a worldwide thing now
2: and even in a lot of countries that you wouldn't necessarily think would be vegan like more conservative parts of the world actually have taken it on as well it's yeah it's amazing
1: <laughs> <laughs> something that i think us people who live in the u.s take for granted is just how big our country is and we don't realize that areas like europe where the countries are much smaller a lot of them are smaller than states in the united states so i'm curious to hear your thoughts on how regional attitudes and accessibility veganism is in the UK, is your size make it much more of an option for everybody? Or is it similar to US where depending on where you live really dictates how easy it is and how feasible it is for you to practice a vegan lifestyle?
2: It does depend a little bit because if you're in a big city, particularly cities that have universities that are quite young and trendy, you usually usually bespoke for choice. You'd have loads of options. But there are parts of the UK that are a little bit quieter, like more conservative and you've got less chain restaurants and you've got less independent vegan restaurants as well. So I would say it does depend where you are. So where I am, quite a conservative town. I'm not actually from here. I grew up in another part, but there's no vegan restaurants here where I live. If you go a little bit further north, you're into rural Yorkshire. There's definitely no vegan places there. (laughs) So big cities, you'd be fine. Rural places, less food.
0: Right. That's kind of how it is here too. I mean, it's definitely the bigger cities that have the things that you're trying to get a hold of.
1: And those rural places, how far of a drive is it to a more urban area? around here depending on where you live it could be hours drive
2: Uh, i'm uh, luckily not that far (laughs) Uh, but the nearest city is 45 minutes to york or 45 minutes to leeds you're in two quite large cities which have vegan places to eat just not anywhere local like in my actual town
1: something to be said about walking downtown and grabbing something vegan at a place within walking distance that is a very cool feeling nowadays yeah so i have faith that you'll get there in your little town I
2: hope you know what. Every time I go anywhere, and I'm like. Please open up in Harrogate. Please come where I live.
1: So what's it been like these past four months practicing veganism in your personal and professional life? How has it maybe challenged you or what are some surprises you've had as you've been going on this journey?
2: I think the, the jump into veganism was more daunting than the actual change. Like just making that commitment like that's it now. I'm not going to buy any more dairy or anything. And also, even though I've not missed it, I haven't missed anything to be fair. My partner is Polish. So that's... That, typical kind of diet is a lot of meat and and I actually said to him I don't know if you want to do this or not but I am going vegan you can join me (laughs) or and he's actually taken it on board as well and I wouldn't say that we've missed anything like there's there's not been any food that we've missed We've had so much variety as we did before. It's really not been that hard. And a few people at work have asked me about it, if I've gone full vegan and that now. But I've I started taking my own oat milk to work. So it's not caused any inconvenience to anybody. I thought that, you know, I might get a bit of challenge, but it didn't happen. So everybody's been quite good. It's just sometimes I get a bit of panic if when I go to visit family. They're like, I don't know what to feed you. <laughs> they're so confused what to feed me. And I say, please just relax. You don't have to. You know, I can bring some... <laughs> (laughs) Something, or but yeah, it's it's causing more panic just when I visit family and friends than I would say it is for me personally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how that works out. It's always the hardest with the people you're closest to sometimes, and the people who you may know only peripherally is fairly easy to navigate because there's not that quite level of intimacy or investment in you as a person. But people who know you and are really invested in your life, all of a sudden they're worried, they don't know what to do, they want to make you happy, and creates a whole kerfuffle. And for me, that was also a really hard part about going vegan is navigating those personal close personal relationships
2: yeah i think you know if you go out it's easy because whatever you choose on a menu is your choice but when you go to somebody's house they feel like they're under pressure to cater to you if you know what i mean so i think that's why it's harder when you go to family and friends house that's where the challenge is but I think a lot of that is it's more daunting for them to just have to serve you something and I keep saying how easy it is or I'll bring my own milk it's no issue I think the worry is in them not knowing what to give you rather than any actual problem
1: yeah, and speaking of food what are some staple UK vegan dishes that are part of your life that we may not know about here in the US
2: well I'm sure you've heard of fish and chips
1: yep <laughs>
2: <laughs> big old British staple food well now we've started getting banana blossom fish and yes. tow fish. Nice. So some places are opening up f- vegan fish and chip shops, which has been amazing. So I've been to one about 45 minutes away from where I live. And I had a banana blossom fish for the first time, plus some vegan scampi nice. and chips.
0: How was it compared to like, do you remember even having fish before you went vegetarian? Like, cause that was, just, so what's the comparison? Yeah, like? I
2: do, yeah. <laughs> Banana blossom, it's quite stringy. So I would say the texture is a little bit more like chicken. But with the batter, it doesn't even matter what you eat because it's the batter that makes the the flavour. Right. Uh, so i was i was really impressed to be honest it it was so good and i think it's food like that that puts people off going vegan because they think like they're going to miss out they're not going to be able to eat that food anymore and actually these places are just proving now that you don't need to miss out you can still have the same food Mm -hmm. um and and i suppose other things like a sunday dinner you know traditional dinner that you have on a sunday would always be roast chicken or roast beef or and now you can get vegan joints like a (laughs) sounds crazy like a joint of animal (laughs) but a vegan pretend chicken and then you would still have all the other elements of the meal so food like that like more traditional food is definitely going vegan now so hopefully you know the more options there are the less people feel like they're missing out
1: yeah absolutely that's awesome my knowledge of uk food is almost predominantly imparted to me from gordon ramsay so i saw an interesting picture i think in one of the facebook groups it was his beef wellington but they made it with seitan Exactly the same, just seitan, and I think they did something of the batter to make it vegan. So even things like that, they think super fancy, crazy, anti-vegan guy, Gordon Ramsay, (laughs) it's really not that hard to make his stuff vegan.
2: Well, you might be surprised to know that uh, Gordon Ramsay did a competition of restaurants where they went head-to-head against each other, and it was in different genres. So one was Indian, and the Indian restaurant that actually won Gordon Ramsay's best restaurant is vegan and vegetarian Indian food. Nice. It's, ama- it's an amazing restaurant. It's actually not that far from me and I've been quite a few times. And I was really shocked because Gordon Ramsay was like notorious for not liking vegan <laughs> and vegetarian, but the right. food is so good. They actually won it. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: so cool. Yeah. Other cuisines yeah. are so much more <laughs> vegan-friendly because they have that versatility and it doesn't rely on that hunk of dead animal flesh and potatoes. It's actually spices and flavors and cooking techniques and passion and dedication to make it good. It's not the easy route was just fry a piece of food or slap a piece of steak on a grill or something. And this is me getting my soapbox a little bit, but when anybody says, well, I can't live without me, I need my chicken sandwiches or fish and chips. If you actually look at people and they eat that kind of food, they're not saying they're savoring the delicious of tangible qualities of this dead chicken sandwich or something. They just kind of scarf it down on their drive to work and stuff. So are you really going to miss it all that much? You're just kind of eating something fried and does he yeah. really need to be something that is causing suffering? But that's another conversation for I just <laughs> always think (laughs) That when people say stuff like that, do you partake in vegan activism? And as a kind of joint question, what's activism seen like in the UK and how prominent is it in the vegan movement?
2: Well, starting off with myself so, years ago, I used to do a lot for Stop Hunting and Life Sciences, which I don't know if you will have heard of. It did disband eventually, but I, I mean, I was a teenager when that began, and that was protesters who went up against hunting and life sciences who were exposed quite a few times for abusing the animals in the laboratories so i used to do a lot of emailing on their behalf and my sister actually went to a few of their protests and then we also did some in our local city so we went in with flyers and all that kind of stuff we were handing them out in fact once i even got dressed up as a chicken and i actually protested outside kfc <laughs> Nice. Years ago.
0: So you dressed up like a chicken.
2: I did, yeah. Um Some people still like to remind me of it because they think it's hilarious that I got dressed up as a chicken. <laughs> but more recently, some groups have started to come around. I don't know if you've heard of Extinction Rebellion, no. there's also an, a- an animal branch okay. protest group. They do civil obedience, disobedience, should I say. So recently they blockaded outside a burger making plant, and they do that kind of disruption tactics to do with the environment and to do with animals, because they think, they believe that the climate change is really urgent, so they're ready to take direct action. So they're a group that have just recently come around um as you probably know that fox hunting is still happening unfortunately here in the uk so hunt saboteurs who have been around for years are still going strong now Uh, i haven't personally been to join them but that's to do with my job as well i have to be careful with my job (laughs) i have had to be careful the other thing is that i actually decided to go to university and do my dissertation in ethics and animal rights, and I'm hoping I'm still studying now. But now I'm onto my masters. I'm hoping that through that kind of educational channel, I might have a positive effect on academic work, the kind of studies that students. I pointed out because a lot of classical psychology studies are actually animal studies and cruel animal studies. I would really like to change that because to me, that's not a good way to teach students. You know, it takes that moral questioning out of it. You're just looking at a study and you're not thinking of those individuals that were involved in that study. It's just a result to most students. So that, you know, I always feel like when somebody complains about something like they want a law to change, I think go to law school change the law like challenge it yourself you know if that's what you want to do and that's how you feel about it you should do something about it and that's what i'm kind of going through now <laughs> with awesome. my own studying so, um,
1: yeah, sometimes you gotta just do it yourself right
2: yeah definitely i think if you've got the potential and you the motivation then anybody can do anything if, if they really want to do it
1: <laughs> yeah, and you're right a lot of those studies that are out there are just terrible to animals and spoiler alert when you abuse baby monkeys with their mother fake versions of their mothers that messes them up who knew
2: exactly and that's what's really frustrating about it because you never needed to do that experiment to find that out and why it's still being used all these years later because it realistically with all the stringent ethical guidelines that we get told to follow as students does experiments never should have got through them you know but that's that's the kind of battle that you're up against in in this sort of academic world is that a lot of it relies on outdated experiments and you have to try and challenge that i suppose or acknowledge it for what it is and not look at it and think wow this study is amazing well it isn't because it was based on abuse
1: and something else i'm curious to know about is what are some of the vegan celebrities in the uk i know a lot of vegans know earthling ed and people like him Are there any other vegan celebrities yeah. or what's the public <laughs> perception in the mainstream society we don't really know the vegan perception of people like Earthling Ed because we're not there to see what non-vegans think of individuals like him.
2: I think it depends on if you follow celebrity culture, how much that kind of affects opinion. But I do think, you know, Mo Farah, the athlete, he started doing the advertising for corn products. And a lot of people never thought that you could be athletic or... You know if, I know it's it's outdated, but <laughs> you know that you had to eat meat to be an athlete or to have the endurance so when he started doing those adverts, I actually think that was positive thing to do because people will listen to somebody like that and they look at his physique and think you know I want that physique and here he is advertising vegan and vegetarian products. As for celebrities, I'm trying to think of some British celebrities, but I don't really follow British like celebrity culture <laughs> So <I've laughs> to look for somebody now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fine because we only know the really, really big ones because we're not in that culture. So that's why I'm, I was curious to see what the kind of the mainstream media depiction of veganism is like over there.
2: Well, I think it's definitely growing. and But, you know, a lot of uh, celebrities here are American as well that people follow, like Jacqueline Phoenix and Miley Cyrus, people like that, mm-hmm. who've just gone onto the vegan diet. Pamela Anderson, especially. I mean, she did loads for campaigning and stuff. Uh, so I would probably say you, you probably have more vegan celebrities in the u.s
0: than we do in the uk wow that's kind of surprising (laughs) especially because like there's so many famous uk actors and celebrities like you would think that there there has to be some we'll have to we'll have to look into that we'll have to get them on the show but But like you said you don't follow too many celebrities so why would you know that i don't uh, (laughs) i don't don't blame you on that
2: <laughs> In fact, I, I, I'll tell you who is a vegan. That's kind of uh, surprising. Is Novak Djokovic? You know, he's a Wimbledon oh, really winner. Oh, apparently he's a vegan.
1: I did not really?
0: know that. Interesting. Yeah,
2: I googled it too. <laughs>
1: That is news to me. <laughs> I remember when he beat Nadal that one year. That was a big deal. That was probably the year before I stopped watching sports. So, But yeah, that's really cool to hear that. So, Vegan athletes, they're a thing.
2: Yeah. Oh, and Lewis Hamilton, actually. Yeah. I think he is as well. He's a Formula One driver. Ah, oh, okay.
1: Okay. Interesting. See? You,
0: yeah. know, you know some.
2: But I'm thinking about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we found you through a Facebook group, Fan Ass Vegans Are Awesome. What are some of your favorite posts or things you've seen on that group or anything you're thinking about submitting to the group that relates to the badassery of it all
2: well this is really hard because there's so much good food on there and i think because there's such a large american following as well there's a lot of food that i've never heard of you know like america's very multi- multicultural like here it is but there's certain cultures that we don't hear much of in the UK, like South American and, and that kind of thing. So it's really good to see a lot of posts of dishes I've never heard of. You know, um, like regional dish, like you were saying about regional, like more regional dishes. But Beyond Meat is much bigger in the US. It's kind of come to here a little bit but you guys seem to have the most options like with Beyond Meat so it's nice to see all the different things that people are making and I'm hoping like as the seasons change as well you know, it comes to Christmas and Halloween and we get to see even more of what people like to eat during the seasons so I've, I've definitely been getting some ideas and some <laughs> of it looks really good oh yeah <laughs> and I've been sharing mine on there too
0: good All
2: yes. my food. <laughs> yes I've seen some
0: of your stuff very tasty looking. Thank you for that.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting that you're jealous of our Beyond Me because everyone's always jealous of the UK pizza yes, options.
2: Think, well, we do have some good pizza here.
1: <laughs> Can you tell me a time someone um, shares a post that's. Options. Pizza Hut releases vegan pizza, and then some of the comments goes, UK, dot, 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 and yeah. then... It's, everyone yeah, I, I noticed that, too. Like, there's a
0: lot of things that you have that we don't have. Like, some of the... Like, there's some candies and stuff that you had that were vegan, but here it's not. It's very strange. Right, I I, yeah. I don't know what that's about. But, but like, he said, you know, there's, like... Isn't there, like... Doesn't KFC, I think, have a UK place that yeah, has vegan... vegan. Yeah, yeah, it does a vegan burger now. Yeah, yeah, it's like... <laughs> Like you, you guys are getting stuff we're not, and it's it's kind of cool because you're almost like a test subject there. Like they test it out there, and then they bring it here, or it goes across the world. You're lucky in that sense.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Like like I was saying, most chains now because they're getting so much attention from vegans, they're now bringing out vegan options like Starbucks, places like that. Mm-hmm. So we are really lucky. But then sometimes I see chains in the US, and when they bring out something, I'm like, please bring it to the UK. <laughs> so probably the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. <laughs>
1: If we both just combine all the vegan options we have into one... Let's make our own vegan country. We take all the vegan yes. stuff from both countries. <laughs> I feel great. like this is how cults start. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have one question that I want to get out there before we let you have the final word on anything. And this is a very question pertinent to our vegan community here. I don't know if it's as controversial a topic in the UK, but hummus or guacamole? I
2: think hummus is definitely more popular pillar here because people are just getting their heads around avocados. Mm. <laughs> but I love both. I love both things. Both are great, definitely.
1: Well I will <laughs> still cast my vote for Team Hummus every day. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm Team Hummus. <laughs> I think it's just an amazing <laughs> condiment that you can use for so many purposes. You can put on sandwiches, you can dip stuff, in, you can stir it into stir fries. You can put in in seitan. And there's different flavors. There's dessert kinds. You can mix it with Calm other down. sauces. <laughs> I, I love hummus. Calm down.
0: <laughs> no, hummus is very diverse. I, I love I love guac through and through, but yeah, hummus is very versatile.
2: It's good. And I remember, I think the first time I ever tried it, I thought it was so strange such a strange taste yeah i love
1: it so yeah it definitely grew on me too i I'm i'm a big fan though Those are all the questions I have. Do you have any final words or any final thoughts for our listeners about veganism in the UK or what someone listening should know about different countries and their views towards this lifestyle?
2: I think as consumers, it's really important for us to vote with our purchases because even though places like KFC in reality don't care about the chickens or the welfare of the chickens, we all have a decision to make about whether we want to put the money towards their vegan options so that they actually increase them, see the demand for what it is. So every time we buy a vegan product, it's a vote for that lifestyle, a vote for that product. And all these big businesses, that's all they care about. All they're bothered about is the profit. So for me, it's definitely... Every time I buy a vegan food, it's like a little political statement that I am demanding that product. And every purchase is a vote towards vegan. So... Even if people are not 100% vegan, if you go to a restaurant, you see a vegan option, buy it. That's a vote. Every time you buy is a vote. That, to me, is really important. And sometimes it's just those small things that, you know, you're not going out and protesting, but (laughs) you are making a conscious decision as a buyer. So that's really important. And I hope people kind of get on board with that and think about that even if they're not full vegans and maybe they're just trying the lifestyle a little bit and i will keep posting food and i hope everyone else keeps posting food
1: (laughs) well that was very well said and we look forward to seeing what you post thank you so much for being on the episode (laughs) yes thank you for coming on
2: well, thank you for inviting me. It's been really fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have to do it again. <laughs> definitely, we'll have to definitely <laughs> road trip. <laughs> road trip. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll try that. But <laughs> maybe we can have you on for your vegan anniversary.
2: Oh yeah, that would be nice. Definitely, I have to make something then, like a cake, and bring it on camera. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs>
1: yes, and after you post pictures of it on. Badass vegans that's, are awesome. That's right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for coming on. You're awesome.
2: That's okay. Thank you guys for having me. It's been really good.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. And if anyone listening out there in the UK, the US, or any other country wants to be on the show, just send us an email at bekindpodcast at gmail.com and we have the capabilities to get you on the show through the magic of the internet. Thank you for listening and we hope you tune in again soon. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Podcast by the Animal Advocates of South Central Pennsylvania.